Welcome to the Rock Hill Dream Center Church, where we have a vision to see communities transformed by the gospel as we love, serve, share, and send. Thank you for joining us. Well, welcome again. Wow, I heard the seats jingling around a little bit. I was worshiping. I was like, yeah, I got them now. <laughs> Get on in here and sit down. Hey, praise the Lord. Isn't it wonderful? Thank you so much for just um, letting the Spirit of God come over you this morning. I was crying up here, and it wasn't one of those silencing cries. It was just, too, just thinking about how good God is. You know, wondering, thinking about the joy that we're going to be talking about today, of the coming joy. Jesus came. And we all individually, that's the beauty of, of a smaller church, you know, Barbara and I come out of a bigger church, but knowing that I know every one of these stories individually and how God is working individually in every life, and it just, it leads you to tears sometimes because you see the power of God. And it's the beauty of knowing that we're a family and we're going to hold tight to one another and we're going to look to our Father for, for guidance and direction. So praise be to the Lord and... Um, Wow, we're going to be talking about, if we, if we were lighting candles up here, it would be the third candle. It would be the Advent candle, and it's for joy, and it could be pink or it could be garnet, but being God don't like Gamecocks, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I got an amen already. We ain't even got started yet, but it would probably be pink, um, but it, it, um, it, it, it's, it's the anticipation, right, of, of the coming of a, of a Savior, of Jesus Christ, and and um, so, but but there's you hear the word joy. Barbara's got a shirt. We were at a Zach Williams concert, and she wanted to get that that shirt. I think it says "Nothing's going to steal my joy," and, and and she likes to wear that shirt. But we 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 hear the word joy so much, we have to kind of think about it because it could mean so many different things to so many different people, and, and especially uh, in a world where you know we we don't really feel like we have to. Something's always got to kind of keep us happy. You know, do you understand that, you know, I, I think maybe Pat and I were talking one day is that, and, and, and I love my children and if they just come up in a different time and, and I, maybe this ain't even pointed at just my children, but I think all, if you're not doing anything, you just can't be content. Sometimes, you know, our society today has got to be moving all the time, ought to be moving all the time. But, you know, I, I love sometimes just watching my the, the, the elderly, and I'm becoming an elderly, but you talk about people that are 75, 85, 90 years old, they could be good with just sitting on a porch in a rocking chair listening to the birds sing. And, and they could do that for hours on a Sunday evening. But now there has to be something that we've got to go do, a football game or things, you know. So, so I mean, I'm hitting everybody. Like, I see somebody wearing a jersey, and we hit them Philadelphia Eagle fans. So. But no offense to anybody. Those things are all great. Now he's going to stand up and try to give. Man, come on, fly away, birds. <laughs> but, but it is. It's, it, we have this things that. As, but the, the problem is with that, Don, is that there's a chance that those eagles will get beat this year and your joy will be gone. <laughs> Never, ever. Uh, so, but, but, but can you see that just jumped out at me that we can demonstrate how we can have worldly joy versus heavenly joy? Because there's one thing that net will never end, and that's God's reign. Yeah. 
There's one thing that will never change, and that's Christ's love for us. And there's one thing that we'll always will understand is that he came for us to rescue us from ourselves. That never changes. No matter what changes on this earth, no matter whether you lose your job tomorrow or sickness comes, the, the things that we can find with good health would be this temporal joy. And I tell people, I said, you're bound to die one day. Oh, pray for complete healing over me. Yeah, I will. It's in heaven. It's not going to happen on this earth. Your restoration will happen in the millennial, in the heavenly realms. But on this earth, these bodies will get older. <laughs> you know, we were sitting there clapping hands and I hit Wayne's thumb. I hit it too hard and I bent his thumb back. He said, that gum, what's up with you, knucklehead? You about broke my thumb. And, it just, and I was like, yep, I can use that in the message. It's like, because we, we're flesh. We got pains. We got aches. And you have to sit. You'll know one day if you're younger, you got to sit up on the bed and kind of do all these things to kind of get things going. It's because we live in a world where our bodies are going to get older. But this heavenly joy, especially for the, the, the Jews, they had heard these, these prophets prophesy of this coming Messiah. And they had it in their mind, this king, this king that was going to bring restoration back to the Israelites, that was going to restore Israel to its rightful power. And they were excited about this. And they're like, oh my goodness, I can't wait for this king. And this joy come in the package of a little baby born in a manger <laughs> with animals looking at him. Oh, how it's never going to look like what we thought. Amen, Richard, wherever you at back here. Preach it. So there's a guy named Ken in our racquetball Bible study group. He said this the other day. We were talking about joy in our devotion time. And I, and I, I didn't even call him and ask him, but I, I said, man, I'm going to use his name. Um, and, and this was a great example of the joy that's coming and that has come. Luke 1, 42 through 44. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Did you hear that? So Elizabeth is John the Baptist's mother, right? And we established just in a few series earlier this year that John was about four months older than Jesus. And, and when Mary, having Jesus in her womb, walked into the presence of Elizabeth with John in her womb, John jumped for joy. And I'm like, wow. Wow. That is the power of our God. That is what God can do for us. To know that Elizabeth understood the power that Mary was carrying. And we'll talk about that more on Christmas Eve when you come. But knowing that John and the woman jumped for joy. Then in Luke 2, 8 and 11, it says... That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. 
The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. Amen. Joy to all people. Before we go any further, let's ask God to, to take and, and open our eyes of our hearts so that we may learn and grow from his word. Amen. Lord God, we come to you right now. We thank you. We thank you, Father, for delivering joy to us. And Lord God, a savior, one that can rescue us, that can give us hope, can give us peace and can give us joy. Today, Lord, will you speak? Holy Spirit, will you move in our hearts? Will you bind my tongue that's of anything that is not from you, Lord, that your word will be taught clearly so that we can understand and grow? And that takes you, Father. Take me out of the way, God, that you may have your way now as we go forth and want to experience more of you, Lord. Lord, let every eye and every heart right now in this room be captivated on your word, that it will, will build us up for a good work so that we could go forth and share your love with a lost world. Thank you, Father. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The church said? Amen. Amen. So you see the last piece, bit of that, it says, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today. See, this news is going to bring great joy to all people. Doesn't mean everybody's going to receive it or accept it, but it's going to be a great joy for all people. And it says, Savior, Messiah, the Lord. Savior, what does it mean? To be delivered from certain hardships. Bondage, persecution, or death. Something to come in and to save. A Messiah is a promised deliverer of the Jewish nation prophesied in the Hebrew Bible. You need to understand that because Jesus was first for the Jews and later on to the Gentiles. So understanding that when these shepherds were hearing this, they heard Messiah. They said, oh, it's the deliverer. It's the one who came to bring forth the power that we always thought we were, right? They kind of got it wrong in a little bit of a way. They were looking for restoration. They were just looking for, for to be restored to be the power that they knew they were. And Lord, one who is worthy of following. See, Jesus Christ is our Lord. And that means that as we even partake in baptism, that means that we want Jesus to be our Lord. That means that we no longer get to make decisions or we no longer get to, to do our will, but it is the will of the Father in heaven that gets carried forth when Jesus is your Lord. That every day that we have to die to ourselves to live for him, so whoever shall lose their lives will gain their lives. That's a piece of scripture that we try to live our lives by. Doesn't mean we always get it right, but it's that, that desire inside of us by the Holy Spirit that we want to live for God, Lord, and Jesus is worthy of following. Amen? Amen. So the Advent candle represents not only the coming of Jesus, but also the salvation that he offers. See, Jesus came, but he also offered salvation to all people. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 12. I'm going to step over because my head is rather large. Don't you laugh. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 12. Let's read it together. It says, 
All praise to God, the Father. You don't have to read aloud. You can just read along with me. We'll all get messed up. There's a lot of scripture. Just bring it into your heart. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. And we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show you that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. You love him even though you've never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glory inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your soul. This salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about the gracious salvation prepared for you. They, wondered what, they wondered what time or situation the Spirit of Christ within them was take, talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterward. They were told that their messages were not for themselves, but for you. And now this good news has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is also wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. So that's a pretty good piece of scripture. And what does that have to do with the coming of Jesus? Well, so, so when this is being spoke, it is being spoke to a Jewish audience. It has been spoke primarily to a Jewish audience. But we also know that, that, that salvation is not only for the Jews, but for the Gentiles that we have been grafted in. And that, that, but we learn and grow from this because what is said here is also true for us. Understand that this is after the death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ, and now the church movement is, take, movement is taking place. So we understand that now our joy is based on also where we stand because of what Jesus has done, and we joyfully anticipate the second coming of Jesus Christ. Amen? But there's a few points that I wanted to make out of that. See, in this scripture, what really was put on my heart, and I jotted it down, is that we have joy, first, because of God's great mercy, we've been born again. This is based on Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And it's by God's great mercy. It's nothing that we could do to earn it, right? We all understand that we cannot go and work and pay for and get salvation. It was because of God's great mercy that we've been born again. That should bring us joy. We have joy also because as believers, we now have great expectations and we have a priceless inheritance that is stored in heaven, which is safe and cannot be defiled or changed. Do you see what that scripture said? I, I want to encourage someone in here today because you, you're really stressed out and have a lot of anxiety because it seems like nothing will go right for you. 
It just seems like when you get this thing taken care of or this bill paid, the car breaks down, the, the pipes in the house are leaking, you know, you, you got an ailment in your knee. I don't know what it is, but I just want to encourage somebody today that you have a price as a, as a follower of Jesus Christ, as a child of God, you have a priceless inheritance. And it is so much greater than money and it is so much greater than homes and it is so much greater than cars. It is even so much greater than this, this health and these things that we're going through. We are going to be in the presence of the most high God, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. We're going to be in his presence and all things are going to be made new. And you, my brothers and sisters, have a priceless inheritance. That should bring us joy. We have to keep our eyes peered on where we want to we'll spend the rest of eternity, not on next week. Because spending my, putting my eyes on what is going to happen today after church or what is going to happen tomorrow or what is going to happen next week or even next year ends up bringing me into a state of depression sometimes. Why? Because I don't have the answers to it. And I work so hard to try to fix and get the answers to what I can't fix. Or have the answers too. We have joy because God is protecting us. Because of our faith in him. Until the day of our salvation. So the word protecting us. I, I mulled over that one for a day or two when I was putting this together. You know there's been many times that God has had to protect me from myself. <laughs> I got an amen from us. Nobody else wants to amen us, amen. But we understood that there are times in our lives that, that we needed protection from ourselves. In the way we think, in the way we act. And, and man, I, I am just one thought from being a selfish, arrogant butt. And God loves me so much. He's so patient with me is that he restores me and transforms me as Men and women came around me for the past 15 or 20 years to be patient with me and to let me be transformed by the Holy Spirit. And I know that's the same truth for some of you sitting in here because we do life with each other and we talk about it. Man, I am just not the same that I was a year ago. I feel so much more peace in my life. But God protects us because of our faith in him. And that's the danger too. See, so because sometimes when life is really hard, y'all gotta hear me on this one. We gotta we gotta get real. This is family talk. When things get really hard, I can start putting my faith in that neurologist instead of putting faith in my God that created me and Barbara. I can start putting faith in the bank account balance here at the church versus putting faith in who God called me and what he called us to do as a church. And, and, and if I start putting my faith in, in the tangibles of the world, I will take my eyes off of the one who said, I have a plan and a purpose for you that I plan to do good for you, not to hurt you or no harm you when you seek me with all of your heart. That's Jeremiah. See, we don't want to read the, the last part of that. We just want to read the part where we said, oh, God has a plan to prosper me, not to harm me, to do goodwill for me. But if you'll keep on reading, it says, when you search for me with all of your heart. 
So we have an inexpressible joy. Inexpressible, that's a big word. I had to again think about that one for a little bit. <laughs> it's like, woo, I got a joy so great that I can't even express it to you all. That's why Christians that are on fire for Jesus walk around. You're like, man, you sure do look weird. You know, you, you just look kind of crazy. You're just telling everybody about Jesus. You want to tell them that he loves them. Can you not maybe embarrass us in front of the waiter this time when he walks up or she walks up? I just can't help it. It's, it's, just, it's, just, I can't, I, it's inexpressible. It's an inexpressible joy because we trust him even through our various trials and this journey on earth confirms our salvation as it grows our faith. There are going to be trials. There's going to be sicknesses. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be death. There's going to be marriages that are broken up. There's going to be people that hurt you and let you down and walk on you and talk about you. All of these things. There's going to be persecution because of who you believe in. And the scriptures teaches that that's coming, but it's just going to refine your faith even more and more. How great is it that our faith is being refined like beautiful silver in a heated fire so that all of the impurities come up out of that silver that they can be drug off of there, continue to be heated up and drug off. You know, anybody ever mess around with lead and I couldn't afford silver. I was a lead man. <laughs> I didn't pour the lead. It looked like silver, Daddy. Don't you spill it on yourself, boy. Go to the bone. But if you ever pour fishing molds and, and, and lead and stuff and, and these things, so you get it hot, let them let melt down quick. Man, but, but, but what happens is when you do it, all these impurities come out. You do them all, and it'll keep on bringing up impurities, and you drag them all. And if you do it long enough, the lead that's left will be so shiny that you could look in it and you can see yourself. See, that's what God does to us through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Is that there's impurities in our bodies. There, there's, this, there's this sinful nature that through trials and through tribulation, that this heat ends up taking out all these impurities and brings them from the inside out. And they get to get drug off. And eventually, we won't see ourselves in that reflection, but we'll see Jesus Christ in that reflection. We will see our creator. We will see the love of Christ. We will, we will be able to love the unlovable, to go to places that we thought we would never be able to go, to forgive ones we never thought we'd be able to forgive because that's what God does when he gets inside of us. He brings forth a joy that can't be taken away. But we have joy because Jesus is our suffering servant who took our sin to the cross and eventually, and ultimately to the grave, but he rose again, defeating sin, death, and eventually ascended into heaven where he sits at the right hand of the Father. Father, in, Father, that's a good one. Dear Lord, I'm sorry. Called you Father. But Jesus is sitting there at the right hand of the Father interceding for you and I. That should bring us great joy. Knowing that we have Someone to intercede for us on the days that we fall short. Hey, Dad, you remember the promise, right? This is your child. And it's with he and her that you said you were well pleased. The Jesus' blood poured over us to make atonement for a sin that we couldn't ever do or be good enough for. That should bring us super good joy. But most of all, we have joy because 
this little pack bundle of baby that we're going to be celebrating here in a couple weeks, the one we call Jesus Christ. Um, he came to this earth and he walked on this earth and he loved people and he, he performed some miracles and he, and he went to this cross and he took on all this sin. And here's the great thing. He restored a relationship between the Father and us that we couldn't do ourselves. From the moment at the garden, because of one man's sin, we were all broken away from the Father. But because of one man's sacrifice, we were all restored to the Father. And that should bring us such great joy. To know that I can boldly approach the throne of grace because of what the Lamb has done for me. To know that you can boldly approach the throne of grace. That, that you are not a picture of your past mistakes. That you are not a picture of the mistakes that you're going to make today. That when you get upset and get angry and something comes out of your mouth today. That you can't explain it and it tries to build this shame up in you. You can say that shame no longer is in my life because Jesus Christ has paid for that. I am made new. I'm a new creation. I'm a new person. I have joy because I understand who I am in Christ. Not in my actions and not in my works and not in my failures. I am a new creation. And we have been, we have been restored to the Father. And I'm going to tell you, it gets good. It's just about two or three more minutes left on, so you might ought to shake your head and do a blue, 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 because I'm going to tell you right now for the next few minutes is when I was like, woo this is pretty good. I started to wake Barbara up. It got so good. <laughs> so what is the magnitude in heaven of Jesus coming to this broken world and to our broken lives? What is the last line, the last portion of 1 Peter 1 again? Let me read that to you. The very last part that we, we read... And it says, and now this good news has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. So basically the ones who had been filled with the Spirit were teaching and bringing new people and they were added to. So now that the power of the Holy Spirit that was sent from heaven, as Jesus said, hey, I'm going to leave you, but I'm going to send you one, the Holy Spirit. And it is also wonderful, oh boy, that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. And that's where it turned into a football game for me, Don. We have angels in the heavenly realms that are sitting around, that are working and following God's command, and they are doing chest bumps, and they're running around in circles. I don't know what exactly they're doing, but when one sinner repents and believes that Jesus Christ is their Lord, a great celebration goes off in the heavenly realms. And that's what's happened when Chewy come to know Jesus. That's what happened when Chris come to know Jesus. That's what happened when Matt over at the gym come to know Jesus. That's what happened when you come to know Jesus, that Angels in heaven, they did the wave. You think South Carolina's got some kind of stuff going on with a light show in these I'm talking about these angels were celebrating. And you know what they did? Oh, then they sit back down, they like, and they eagerly wait with great anticipation for one more. Maybe y'all not visual like me, but I got excited about that. 
I got excited that there are angels in the heavenly realm that when I met this person this week and, and everything in me did not want to talk to that person because they, they didn't look like me. They probably didn't think like me. They sure weren't acting like me. And God said, tell them that I love them, that they have a way to meet and his name is Jesus. And I said, hey, you know Jesus loves you? I don't know. I hadn't heard that in years, Paul. Well, he does. And I want to remind you of that. Or that prayer that you prayed for the lost sinner in your life or a family member. God is still a God of miracles and He can bring forth this person that you think can't be saved. And what happens? And the angels in heaven get up and start doing a run around the stadium again because they are waiting in great expectation for the work of the Lord to happen again. And it is because of God's work and not yours. The only thing He wants you to do is to be the mouthpiece. It says, go and share the gospel and use words if necessary. Amen? Love people. Sacrifice yourself for the good of the kingdom. That got me excited. See, there's a verse in Luke 15. And it's the parable of the lost coin. He lost a coin. The woman had lost a coin. And she couldn't get any rest until that one coin was found, right? I want you to listen to the very last piece of scripture on that the coin is found Jesus is teaching the ones walking with him and he said and how excited are you when you find this lost coin it says in the same way there is joy in the presence of God's angel when one sinner repents again man I I was at a Clemson game, Todd. I don't get to go to many Clemson games. Me and Tyler Neal was at a Clemson game. First time that Clemson had beaten Georgia back in the day before we started having a little run at Clemson. There was a college kid from Clemson in front of me. I had gotten so stinking excited. I had done picked him up. Tyler will attest to this. And he was off the ground and I was shaking him. And his friend was beating me on the arm to put him down, put him down. Tyler was like, Paul, put him down. We had been talking with him, and it wasn't like I didn't know him. He would, we'd been high-fiving and everything. I just got excited. That's not even a glimpse of how excited the angels in heaven get when one repented sinner turns and comes back to the Father. They up there shaking people all around. Y'all, this ain't no fairy tale. We're going to get to see this stuff one day. We get so hung up in this messed up, broken world. Work out your salvation with trembling. Go and, and, and work out the great commandment, the great commission. Live like there's no tomorrow because there may not be on this side of heaven, but there'll be forever on that side. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so yes, we are to remember and celebrate the coming of our Savior. That's what this Advent candle is about. The coming of our Savior, but the salvation that he offers for all. So that does bring us complete, complete joy. But how wonderful and joyful is it that we have a restored relationship with our Father through Jesus Christ. How wonderful is that? How joyful is that? Do not let the voices in your head and this world steal that understanding that you have in Jesus Christ. This, my friends and family, is a gift that cannot be taken.
Every present under the tree, everything that we buy, every home that you own, every car that you drive, all the clothes that you wear will be gone one day. But the soul that's inside of you will live forever somewhere. And the gift that Christ gives, this bundle of joy, this joy for all people, the salvation for everyone, it cannot be taken away. There's a darkness in this world that will try to make you think that you don't have it. It will try to make you understand that you're not worthy of it. But I'm telling you, not by, by your works, but by what God's done, you have a gift that cannot be returned. A victory that has already been established. See, again, back to our football game, Carolina fans. And Clemson and Eagle. These angels are celebrating out of an understanding that victory has already been established. That's not, man, I really hope, you know, me and Tyler and Steve and Pat and them, we got these rally monkeys, we're pulling their tails, we're throwing them across the room, and Barbara's over shaking her head, and they're going, wah, wah, wah. got so excited when we lost to Carolina, I knocked this face mask off. Pat told me on the phone yesterday, you want the face mask back to the rally monkey? I was like, no, that face mask ain't doing no good anyway. And we got to do something different. But see, here's the deal. In heaven... And under the understanding that the angels have and under the understanding that we should have because of the scriptures and the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us that we are not fighting a fight and, and playing in a game where we don't understand the outcome. We all have victory. The angels knew we had victory. The victory came through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's not something that we had to go and try to get third in inches because God had already made the way. We can live and work out of victory. No matter what is going on in your life, you have already won. So, if you're in here today or if you're hearing my voice over our audio message, a few questions. Do you know him? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Not just knowing his name, but do you know him? Has he come into you? Has he, has he made a change in you that you're feeling things and you're, you're understanding that some things in your life are not profitable or good? Do you know him? Do you want to experience a joy that can carry you through the hardest of times? That no matter what's going on, that you have the ability to say, I'm going to sit and be still because I know my Father in heaven loves me. I don't understand how this is going to turn out, but I know. I know because I know because the spirit inside of me is saying no matter what happens, whether I lose my husband or I lose my wife, no matter whether I have a family member that's going to leave this earth, I know that God has sent his son Jesus and a very high price was paid for me. And said, so, do you want that joy? That's the question. Do you want a joy that cannot be taken away? The joy that was given to you by God through the Holy Spirit, through Jesus Christ, that made it away, that joy cannot be taken away. But if that joy lives in you, it's going to prompt you to give it away. 
God's love is so great that comes over us that it makes us go do crazy stuff because we can't help but to give that joy away. It can't be taken away, but it's so great that you can't hold on to it. You got to give it over. That's when it really starts messing our heads up. When you're out at a place serving pizzas to a group of people that you don't know because God told you to. Are you cooking potato soup? Are you, are you walking through the woods because you might just come over a camp where somebody's feel loved and, and disowned? Or you're in a Walmart line. Amen. And you let the person in front of you who's got a buggy full of stuff and a crying baby while you have ten items. I don't know what it looks like for you. But I do know that, that Christ came so that we wouldn't just say a prayer and, and, and live the same way. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a change in our hearts and in our lives. Jesus Christ is the only path to eternal joy. There's no other way. There is no other way. 20 years ago, you may have been able to argue me off of that stance, but now I lay my life down to know that Jesus Christ, loving him and letting him be your Lord and, and following him is your path to eternal joy. You don't have to wait to get to heaven to experience the joy that has already been given to you. That's where the, the game is finished and, and, and the victory is God's. You can experience that eternal joy right now. No matter what kind of pain you're going through, you say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to let you be the orchestrator of how this outcome ends. And it's all up to you, God, because I trust you. And I'm giving every bit of this illness to you. I'm giving every bit of this financial issue to you. I'm giving this marriage to you. I'm giving my children to you. You see how personal it can get? All of a sudden, you're sitting there and think, well, I get everything over but my son. I give everything over but my business. I'll give everything over but this ministry that you called me to lead, God. No, give it all over to him. And when we give it to him, he says, I can give you joy right here on this earth as well. But we have to follow. So today, no matter where you're at in life, no matter what you've done in the past, you can choose to let Jesus be your Savior, if you don't know Him. You can choose to let Him be your Lord if you know Him, but you just haven't been following Him. But today you can make a choice. I know that. Don't look in the past. Get rid of the rearview mirror. The only reason I ever talk about my past is to talk about the glory that God got when He saved me from it. I'm not a picture of my past. Ain't nobody in this room can steal my joy, including Barbara. You're welcome. I love you guys. But my love for you pales in comparison to how much God loves you. This church loves you. But nothing compares to how much God loves you. He is the one that is going to help you through the things that you're going through right now. Not me, not this church. It is he that orchestrates things. And sometimes there's going to be tough seasons. But what we can do, it's just like our mission. We can love God and love others. And we'll see lives change. We can hold tightly to one another when we don't understand. 
And we can peer and look at a father that loves us so much that he'll bring into clarity what is clouded up. Amen. It's in the church body that you start understanding and growing of the characteristics of who our father is through Jesus Christ. So as we sing today, maybe as we close in prayer, Number one, you might want to ask Jesus Christ into your heart that you don't know him. And today you want to confess that, that, that you can't make it without him. That you, yes, you are a sinner, but because of Jesus, you have been saved by grace. And that you can ask him into your heart. That's all you got to do. You ain't got to be a, a scripted prayer. You just got to say, God, I'm not worthy. I'm messed up. I need you. Send Jesus into my heart. And the Holy Spirit will seal you. Maybe that's a step for you today. Maybe it's that you do know Jesus, but you've just been trying to do it your way. You've been trying to drive the boat and the ship. You've been trying to make the decision. And today's the day where you need to lay it all down and say, Father, I need you to help me through these things. I can't do it. And you let Jesus be the Lord of your life today. And we can come beside you as a church. We got men and women in this church who would be so honored to sit with you and to teach you to read the word and to be able to pray with you and to let you have a deep understanding of the scriptures through the Holy Spirit. And it can let you then have the armor and the ability to understand what's going on in your life. So let's pray together. Can we do that, church? God, we thank you. We love you. And Father, I just confess right now, there, there's so much depth to you that I can't even understand it all. I just know that you love me. And I know that you love your creation. And I know that you sent your son Jesus Christ to restore your creation back to you. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you move in this place today and you speak to hearts. You speak to men and women. You speak to people who, who maybe even been in a church for most of their life but have not given you the reins. But today we just pray over this body and we pray over ourselves right here today. God, will you move in here and let a radical movement happen in our hearts that we will go out and live lives that radically show you glory and honor, Father. Everything's got to be pointed back to you, Daddy. Everything we do is because of you. And we just want to say we love you. We thank you for the joy that you've given us through Jesus Christ. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.